Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. Soccer new back in America. Featuring person talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of Soccer Noob Rock in America, featuring my superstar 11-year-old. Hello! Yeah, that's Person Noob. I don't care if she's in middle school, she's still comparatively new to being alive. I am still comparatively new to many, to following soccer, only been doing it a few years, hence our monikers. Glad you were able to find us. We have a super show in store. First of all, we've added in more person noob than ever before. Yes, I've been able to wrestle away from some of her uh, you know, middle school activities and friends. As she grows up, it's harder and harder to, even though she wants to, I think, <laughs> to do this. But she is still going to be taking over with her Endangered Animals segment later on, helping me here in the first sort of the podcast a whole bunch and we are together going to give you match many previews from all over the world only the very best of the matches from international tournaments and leagues and it doesn't matter if the countries are being played in are big or small if the match is important where it's being played that means it's on our radar and a really good chance we're covering it this particular week we are going to be covering matches from Friday, February 2nd through Thursday, the 8th. So let's enjoy. And with no further ado, dive right in with... March number one! And what's our favorite day of the week, Person Noob? Friday! Friday! And we start on Friday. There's there's not always good matches on Friday, but here there are. Uh, This is a match we're going to talk about from a very important tournament called the Asian Cup. This is their continental championship. They don't have this every year. They've reached the quarterfinals, which means there are eight teams left and it is being played in the Middle East nation of Qatar. All the games are being held there. You ever been to Qatar? Yeah. No, you haven't. I would know. Excuse me. And, uh, okay, you want to do this part? Who's our matchup? Okay. Takistan versus Jordan. <laughs> Close. That's Tajikistan. Tajikistan. <laughs> Tajikistan. Change Fair your enough. name. <laughs> Change the pronunciation of your name. That's a great Tajik- idea. That's Tajik- not... Yeah, that's not ethnically insensitive at all. Okay, series between these two. They've played a couple of times before. Jordan have yet to drop a point. They are 2-1-0. and The winners are going to get to play who? They are going to get to play Australia or South Korea. You got a favorite for that one? Nope. Nope. All right, fair enough. And when when and where can they watch this one? They can watch it at 6.30 and Paramount Plus. The Plus. All right. Tajikistan. This is their first ever Asian Cup there. The fancy word for that is they are debutantes. Uh, they are known as the Persian Lions. How do we feel about Lions as a mascot? No. Boo. Why? Boo. Because it's unoriginal. Yeah. Everybody's the Lions. Although Persian Lions, at least they made it a little different. They're also known as Sons of the Highland, which I like a little bit better, and the 
uh, Pamirians, which uh, Pamir is the name of a mountain, and I believe mountainous region in this area. They are FIFA ranked number 117, and uh, let's see, they've never been to a World Cup. They won the old AFC Challenge Cup, which was uh, back when they used to have three levels of continental play. There's the third best one. That was in 2006. Uh, in 2003, they played in the inaugural CAFA Cup, Central Asia Football Association. It's a sub-federation of uh, the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation. All the other areas in Asia had one, but for some reason they didn't for the ones in Central Asia. Now they do. In this particular event, and this is the reason we picked them, they were only seeded number 20 out of 24. So they were not supposed to come out of the group stage. And yet here they are. Here's one for the little guys. Uh, they advanced to this round, uh, last round in the knockout, over eight seeded United Arab Emirates, one to one in uh, regular time plus, and then five to three on penalty kicks. They finished second place in the group stage, by the way, where they were a pretty low-scoring team. They went 1-1-1 one, one, and one with just a 2-2 two and two goal differential. I'm not sure if they'll try to keep things quite so low-scoring against a, a team that's kind of on their level like Jordan or not. All right. Um, don't know a lot about their players, but I can tell you at the very least who their captain is, and I'm going to have Person Noob take a shot at this Tajik name if she wants. All right. Let's see. Captain Padvizdazon. You know what? That is a lot closer than I, I won't say it's hundred percent right, but I'll definitely admit to not knowing and say you got a lot closer than I probably would have. Bravo. All right. He plays attacking midfielder for them and he plays for CSKA 1948 over in Bulgaria. Not one of the powerhouses of Europe, kind of in the middle of the road league, but he is the only European place player on their entire squad that I could find, unless you count ones that are in uh, Russia, which I don't. I realize they're in UEFA, but they're suspended and will probably join the AFC in a year or two. Good riddance as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's see. Uh, their captain, Umbaryev, uh, he's got 10 goals and 49 appearances. It is definitely their biggest offensive threat. And now, Jordan. These are the ones I think you should bet on. I'll give you a little bit more of the specifics in a moment. Not that I think you should bet on the person who you're not old enough. I'm getting glared at. You want to you want to develop an addiction early? No. Okay, fair enough. No. All right, uh, Jordan. They are known as the Chivalrous. Ooh, Ooh. that's kind of fancy. Uh, they were seated number twelve in the group stage, so right in the middle. They're ranked number eighty four in the world by FIFA. They too have never been to the World Cup. You know, not surprising. Being a particularly small nation, however, they have qualified for four straight Asian Cups, and they made the round of sixteen in two thousand nineteen. Best they've ever done. Two different times they have finished as runner-ups in the West Asian Championship, kind of like uh, the CAFA, Jordan is considered in the West Asian region. That was in 2014, by the way. They advanced in this round from the first round of the knockout stage over number seven, Iraq, two to three. There have been a lot of upsets in both this and the AFCON tournament. That's been fun to see. They advanced by finishing in only third place in their group. Not all the third placers advanced, but they were the very best of the six uh, of those in terms of the uh, ones that advanced. They earned the most points, I think four. Yep, they went one, one, and one. And with a very healthy six versus three goal differential, I expect Jordan to try to uh, keep this a more high scoring affair. They've got three players with two goals in this event and 
this guy's name is even better than the other one. It may or may not be as hard to pronounce, but a uh, person who you'll see why it's such an awesome one in a moment. Tell tell the people who our favorite player that scored two goals is. It is Mu- Musa Mohammed Musa uh, Suleiman Altaman. Altamar. Yeah, is he's got Musa twice in his name. It's weird. Uh, yeah, it is. Well, it's strange, at least to us. Maybe it's uh, maybe in Western Asia. Maybe it's a more standard thing. Maybe there were two people named Musa in the family and they wanted to name him after Musa, but they didn't want either Musa to be left out. So they did it twice. Yes. Your, your head shake is correct. Uh, he plays right wing for a league one team in France, uh, Montpellier. His play style has been described as being really similar to Mohamed Saleh. He likes to keep the ball pretty close and he dribbles very, very well. By the way, he's also the first Jordanian player to ever have signed with a top five UEFA league. And now I mentioned that Jordan was the team to bet. That is because of this guy, uh, Al-Tamari. I believe that he is far and away going to be the best player on the pitch and that he will score. You should be able to find Jordan with odds of plus 100 in the American betting system. So you could double your money. They are definitely the favorites. I could not find a line on being able to bet Al-Tamari to specifically Uh, to specifically score, but perhaps you will have better luck. Match number B. Number B. We've been on our quest for a couple of years now, haven't we? Yes. So how many people do you think have joined us on our quest for number B? A lot. Yeah, I'd like to think. Everybody. Yeah, all of them. All the people. And if you're not part of all the people, you should be part of all the people because number two is what? Gross. Yeah, it's bathroom talk. Everybody knows what that is. It's uncouth. So listen. You just said it. Well, I have to say it to demonstrate what not to do. All right, match number B is another Continental Championship. This one is called the AFCON, at least has the acronym. It's the African Cup of Nations. They as well are in their quarterfinal. It's been moving along at the same pace as the Asian Cup that we just talked about. This whole thing is being all hosted in one location as well, Ivory Coast. Your juicy-looking matchup is Nigeria versus Angola. They've only played once before, at least in recent years, and Nigeria won that match. The winners are going to get either Cape Verde or South Africa, whoever wins between the two of them. That's another great one as well, but we covered Cape Verde before. I would be on them again. You can catch this one at noon. Eastern on BN Sports or BN Sports and Espanol. Nigeria, they are listed as the home team on paper and they are known as the Super Eagles. I would like to think I could have done that a lot longer, but I like had some spit and I thought I was going to have to cough. You want to try it? Super <laughs> <laughs> it's harder if I'm tickling you. The Super Eagles, yes, you keep going. Uh, they're seeded number seven out of the 24 going into the group stage, or they were rather, because we're now past the group stage, obviously. FIFA ranks, they are number 40 in the world. They got as high as number five back in 1994. Wow. Uh, they've made six of the last seven World Cups. Three different times they've made the round of 16, most recently 2014. They are three-time winners of this particular event, but it's been uh, a decade since they won the last one. Uh, 2021, the most recent iteration of this tournament, they made the round of 16. They advanced from the first round of the knockout stage, this time over number eight-seeded Cameroon 2-0. 
Looking back at their group stage, they finished in second place there, hence the reason they had such a tough draw again in Cameroon. Uh, they lost out on the title for the group to Equatorial Guinea of all countries on goal differential as a tiebreaker. They had both gone 2-1-0. and uh, Nigeria had a three-against-one goal differential, looking to keep it low scoring. Key player for them uh, with a pair of goals already in this event is their English-born winger, uh, Adamola Lukman. Uh, he currently plays his club ball with a very good Serie A side in Italy, Atalanta. And uh, Miss Person, who are they captained by? They are captained by Ahmed Musa. It's another Musa, but this one doesn't have an O. Remember in the last match, the guy had Musa twice in his name? Musa, Musa. Musa, yeah, this guy only has once. You know what I have to say to that? What? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-U-S-A. It's a weird name. Musa, it's probably a very common name over there. Too bad. I love it when I can get you away from your archery and basketball for us to do this important. Their captain, he's currently with a uh, good uh, Turkish club called Savaspor. He spent the heart of his career with one of the big ones over in uh, Russia, CSKA Moscow. Uh, he has also been with uh, Leicester City of the Premier League. That was between 2016 and 18. And now Angola, they are known as the Black Sable Antelopes. We've talked about them before. Uh, let's see. They are they were seeded number 22 in the group stage. So they were really an underdog to get to this stage, and let alone advance to the quarterfinals. So they're the lowest seed left remaining, hence the reason we picked this one. They are FIFA ranked well outside of the top 100, number 117. They cracked the top 50 in 2000. Number 45 is the best they've ever achieved. Uh, 2006, they made their World Cup of the World Cup for the only time, went winless there. Uh, they have not qualified for the last two of these events, although twice they've made the quarterfinals, and the last time was 2010, not that far back. Three times they have won their African subregion called Kosafa Cup title. Last time was 2004. They had a little bit of an easier road, uh, at least last round. They got to play number 21 seeded from the group stage out of 24, Namibia, and beat them handily 3-0. They had won their group uh, going 2-1-0 with a 6-3 goal differential. They will try to push the pace, I suspect. Key player to look for, tied for second best in event goals with four. I've seen his name as Gelson Dalla and Dalla Gelson. I don't honestly know which is the first name and which is the last name, but he plays attacking midfielder for them, and he plays his club ball in uh, Qatar with a club called Al-Wakra. Uh, European fans, if your knowledge runs deep enough, you will recognize his name because before that, he was with a, a decent club over there called Rio Ave. Persanub, you have anything to add about Nigeria or Angola? Nope. All right. Match number three. By the way, match number B was also a Friday match. Kind of rare for us to have uh, more than one, let alone any, that catch our attention on a Friday. But now we are on to Saturday, one of the big days for the week, obviously. Match number three takes us to what nation, Persanub? Antigua and Barbuda. That's right. Their top flight is called the Premier Division. The winner uh, gets the chance to go to the CONCACAF Caribbean Shield. Uh, for newer listeners, just to give you a try to describe a visual way to think of this, uh, that's sort of a bottom tier international club tournament. It's for the winners of the amateur leagues 
one or two teams from that will get to move up to uh, the smaller tournament because that is uh, called the CONCACAF Caribbean Cup. And that one involves mostly the winners and the second place finishers of the handful of professional leagues in the, in the uh, Caribbean. That in turn sends a team or teams to the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is the biggest one where you can get a giant shiny trophy. Yay. Yeah, I think that's worth celebrating. All right, they're about halfway through the season in Antigua and Barbuda. Your matchup is number B, Old Road. Old, old Road. I'm going to take my horse to Old Road. I'm going to probably stop singing this song. That doesn't really work, does it? No, nope. no, probably not. <laughs> They're playing host to number one. I don't know if it's pronounced grenades or grenades, but it's spelled just like the weapon. Uh, let's see. I'll just pronounce it grenades. Grenades lead Old Road by three points in the table. Old Road, in turn, lead number three, All Saints United, by two points. So with a half a season ago, nearly, uh, this is not just a two-horse race, which just adds to the importance of this one. In fact, it's so important that I think that we should bet on it. And who do we turn to for a drug-aided or drug-addled vision when we want to know how to cheat and how to bet and get an advanced score? Noob Yes, our 3,500-year-old in-house prognosticator. We've had trouble getting a hold of him in recent weeks. Got some bad reception, run into some good music while we've tried to tune him in, though. Let's see what he has to say about this match in the Caribbean. Maybe the, uh, maybe the uh, sun and warmth will... Uh, will somehow attract him in some way. Take it away, almighty soothsayer. Greetings from the Thracian plains of Greece, where the cutting winds that hone my powers of divination also go right through these new robes I ordered off Amazon. This is why you shop locally. Good for the community, and you can try stuff on. So here's to hoping this vision takes me to Antigua and Barbuda. A little lotus leaf smoke, and we're off! I <sighs> once again travel through space and time. Whee! Darkness dispends upon my mind but it does not quickly recede like usual. A light appears in the distance, and I hear the voice of, uh, the God? The Creator? I know this space. I'd nearly died and was blissfully about to cross to the other side, but instead I was sent back, Gandalfian-style, Told my mission on Earth was not complete. Show me how to decide what you want from me. Tell me. Now. <sighs> Take the initiative. I'll leave it in your hands till you're ready. Words flung as paradise was ripped from me. I awake. There's Nellie, Jazzy B, Karen Wheeler. Did I ever tell you I was with them as part of the Soul to Soul Music Collective in London, noob? 
They're Barbudan, but London is as cold as back on the Thracian plains. Aha, yes. Now there's the shuffle reggae beat I know. I'd shouted the words aloud as I came to then. Caron turned them into the song, Back to Life. If my purpose in being sent back is to give you a soccer score, this vision tells me it must end, two to two, obviously. But 3,500 years of wandering, my search for death and the life to come, continue. Match number four. Match number four, and we're already on to Sunday, the holy day of the week for the most important match going on in the world. Feels appropriate. The English Premier Division, of course, is the place. Just a reminder for newer fans that the top four will get to go to the Champions League League stage, formerly called the Group Stage, as far up as you can start. One will go to the Europa League League stage. And then, this is a little bit different than the other European big leagues, the tertiary tournament, the Europa Conference League, will not get a participant based on English Premier League standing, as it will go to the winner of the secondary knockout tournament called a League Cup, or you might hear it as the Carabao Cup. So that's kind of fun. Here in the Premier League, they are well over halfway through the season now, and your matchup is number three, Arsenal versus number one, Liverpool. We are Team Arsenal over here at Team Noob because of dreaded Tottenham Hotspur being their North London rivals. We don't like or understand Tottenham Hotspur and a club that's named after a two-time Traitor. I don't care what that previous guest that we had said that may or may not have actually been, you know, my father with real historical facts. This is the way we're going. All right, with that all said, let's take a look at the table. At the time we scouted it, things might have changed just a little bit between uh, then and now. Uh, Liverpool, 51 points. Manchester City, 46. Arsenal, 46. And then two are at 43. Liverpool only managed to draw when they played 1-1 earlier this season, series between these two. In recent years, Liverpool have been the more dominant team with a 13-14-7 record. Awful lot of draws there. All right, Arsenal, the Gunners. I honestly don't know if the district or suburb that they're in is pronounced uh, Islington or Islington, but either way, it's in a near uh, central north area of London. They have won 13 league titles, but it has been nearly 20 years. Uh, they also, by the way, in addition to finishing second place in the Champions League in 2005-2006, more recently have had some great international success runners-up in the Europa League 2018-2019. And they are about to play Porto, one of the big three from the Primeira Liga in Portugal, in the Champions League round of 16. Last year, they were league's runners-up. This year, good offense. Uh, two goals per uh, match will get you a long ways in any league, but this is a high-scoring league. But they've got the second-best defense going, giving up less than a goal per match. Just the number three overall goal differential. Much as I wish it were otherwise, I wouldn't necessarily bet futures money on Arsenal to win the league. The three points here would go a very long way. Key player to look for, it is their team MVP, uh, Bukayo Saka, in my opinion. He's the third best in the league, according to uh, the rating system on the uh, FootMob app that I know a lot of us veteran fans like. Yes, I refer to myself as a veteran. I've been doing this a few years, but we are forever noobs. It's a branding issue. He is their 22-year-old right winger, seven goals, seven assists on the year. Team's current form, they have one 
two straight. And now Liverpool, simply nicknamed the Reds. They've won a league title more recently to go with their 18 other ones. That was in 2019-20. Six times they have won the Champions League or the predecessor tournaments to the Champions League. Most recent one, 2018-19. They've also won the FIFA Club World Cup once. That was in 2019. And in a little look back in history, deep history, just to show you, uh, uh, us Americans, just how far we have to come in terms of building up a history like they have. Liverpool won the Lancashire League title, the only time they won that. That was in 1892-93. Internationally, they are about to play in the Europa League round of 16. Opponent is to be determined at the time that I scouted it. Last year, they finished in fifth place, just outside the top five, hence the reason they're in the Europa League. This year, they are definitely your favorites to win the league, having tied for the best offense and the number one defense, somehow managing to give up even less per match on average than Arsenal does. Number one overall goal differential. Their offensive star remains Mohamed Salah from Egypt, their right winger. He's also tied for number one in the league in assists with eight of those. But he is injured for a couple more weeks. So who are they going to be relying on offensively? Well, I can tell you that their next best team scorer with eight on the year, that is Diego Hota from Portugal, their left winger. Tied for number four in assists in the league with seven, Darwin Nunez. They'll be counting on him to pick up uh, some of that in uh, Mohamed Salah's stead, Uruguayan, Uruguayan striker, also has seven goals. And then defensively, number one in save percentage in the league, a 77%. And he's the only guy saving more than three out of every four. That is Allison Becker. He's also second best in clean sheets in the league with seven of those. Team's current form... Well, 11 unbeaten across all competitions. They have their work cut out for them. Now, I've been in the habit of giving uh, some gambling advice lately. I've been uh, playing some small amounts, but on leagues all over the world. And I'm going to continue to try to grow in this particular regard and share my findings with you, despite the noob name. I will tell you this, and this is the case for lots of the biggest matchups in the biggest leagues. You know, just like for American football and a variety of other sports, the odds shift based on what the public is doing. And what I am noticing is that the public tends to be very, very right, um, shifting things uh, correctly from the initial odds that the bookmakers put out there when it comes to really, really good matches with teams right at the top of the table. So instead of betting on this one, save your little bit of quid for Monday and put a couple of bits maybe on Brentford to beat Manchester City. They're playing it in Brentford. And I realize the Brentford Bees are new to the Premier League, Manchester City, one of the great teams in the world. Not saying you should bet the house on this, but you're going to get plus 700. And Brentford have gotten points and at least one win, I remember, in their last two matches. Now, if you want to go the other way with Manchester City, last I saw it was something like minus... Uh, 240, 275, something in that range. If you can get them at 250 or less, sure, you play it safe, play it the other way, but you'll have to make a slightly bigger investment, of course, with negative odds to uh, you know make any kind of reasonable return on that. I think Brentford are the fun bet, though. Match number five. 
Match number five, we stay in Europe on Sunday and head to another one of the very biggest leagues in the world, the Italian Serie A, which is ranked number three in all of UEFA. They, too, are just over halfway through their season. They are going to get the allotment of UEFA Champions League and Europa League bursts and whatnot that you would expect from a top-four league. This particular match, you can catch it on Paramount Plus, 2.45 Eastern Time in the U.S., number one, Inter Milan versus number B, Juventus. Uh, currently Inter lead Juve by just one point in the table. Uh, Juve in turn, they lead number three AC Milan by seven points. So I'm not quite ready to call this a two-horse race, but it is certainly leaning that direction. Historically, it would be advantage Juventus. They've got a 17-12 and eight record over the last several years over Internacional. But when they played earlier this season, Juventus only managed a 1-1 draw. Let's talk about Milan first. Animals are such a big deal when it comes to city crests over in Italy, and that trans to the soccer clubs. They are known as the Big Grass Snake. And talk about your nightmare fuel. It's usually depicted in this instance as a very giant coiled up snake in, uh, in a heraldic pose with as a viper, and it's usually got a man in its jaws and like halfway swallowed. Yeah, unpleasant. 19 league titles. Last one was 2020-2021. They have won three Champions League or predecessor to the Champions League titles. Last one, 2009-2010. They also won the FIFA Club World Cup that same year. They're about to play Atletico Madrid in the Champions League round of 16. Could they add another title? Eh, maybe they're worrying about the league here first. Last year, they finished in third place. This year, they are your number one team on offense and defense, and so are your favorite. The offense has been particularly impressive, even in a fairly high-scoring league. Two and a third's goals per is impressive. Key players to look for. Uh, the number one scorer by a mile with nearly 20 goals is Lauro Martinez. Play striker for them, Argentinian. Uh, he is the number one league-rated player in the uh, FootMob app that I mentioned earlier. Tied for number one in assists with seven. You've got a guy who I'm less familiar with, honestly, a Frenchman, a fellow striker, probably Probably plays a second striker role, holds up the ball some. Marcus Thuram, uh, he's also got eight goals, and he came over here from uh, Germany. Borussia uh, Gladbach, which is a, a good team, if not a great team over there. Number one in clean sheets with 13 and tops in the league in save percentage at 83 plus percent. That is Jan Sommer from Switzerland. Veteran experience right here. 35 years old. Spent the heart of his career with Bayern Munich. And you know they don't fool around. Team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last seven. Should we bet on them? Should we bet on Juve? Or should we skip it? Let's learn a little bit about Juve and then I'll give you my thoughts. They are tied for fourth best on offense. Defense is more important for them. Their second best in that regard, giving up less than two goals every three matches on average. Second best scoring differential. Number B in league scoring with a dozen is Dusan Vlaovic, a Serbian striker. In my opinion, he is very good, but somewhat inconsistent, can really uh, falter from month to month sometimes. Uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, nevertheless, push really hard to get him last month. Team MVP, in my opinion, though we've mentioned it before, is Adrian uh, Rabiot from France, central midfielder. Three goals, three assists, and a really good tackler. It's hard to get a counterattack going against Juventus. Part of the reason their overall defensive stats are so good. He spent six seasons over in France with uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Number B in clean sheets with 11 of those is a Polish guy whose name I will butcher, uh, Wojciech Skizny. 
35 years old, spent five years with Arsenal. Yeah, Gunners, I'm a fan of that. Team's current form, unbeaten in the last 19 across all competitions. But they did just suffer a 1-1 draw at home to, I believe, second-to-last place Empoli. That snapped a seven-match win streak. I'm going to suggest from a betting perspective that we follow what I talked about last match, a, a guideline to avoid the very, very biggest match. Sure, it's lots of fun. Put a thin dime on your favorite if you want to. But if you're really looking for value, uh, wait a couple of days. Wait till Monday and uh, bet on Roma at home versus Cagliari. Roma haven't dropped uh, significant points to them in quite a while. You can get them at minus 245, which is good if not all-time great. I would... uh you know, I would place a medium size bet on that. Cagliari has just not been in very good form. They're below the midway point in the table. As always, it is Kitties making their insatiable craving known for a recap of last week's matches. Yeah, no point in tracking them unless we actually track them after the fact. Match number one last week from the German Bundesliga. Number three, Stuttgart played number four, Leipzig. Stuttgart got a convincing win in the shootout, five to two. Uh, Stuttgart's Dennis Undav, he got a hat trick for Leipzig. Ekoma Luis Openda had a goal that we said to look for. That knocked Leipzig down into fifth place and out of the Champions League running for the moment. Um, I had said to go ahead and bet on Leipzig because... Uh, uh, the leading scorer for Stuttgart, uh, Mr. Gurasi, was out. But Dennis Undov, that we pointed out, did much better than anybody could have thought. I mean, a hat trick, that is really something. Match number B from the AFCON, round of 16. You had Angola winning 3-0 over Namibia. Uh, Dala Gelson, he had two goals and an assist. And Mabululu, he had an assist as well. Men we said to look out for. Match number three was the Women's Empress Cup in Japan, the final for that. Urawa Red Diamonds and IM. NAC Kobe Leonessa and it was the Lions getting the win 1-1 in regular time plus extra and then had to win it in penalty kicks 5-6. Congratulations on the title. Match number 4 was from the English FA Cup, the fourth round, our middle watch. It was Ipswich Town taking on 6-tier Maidstone United and boy it seems like we got history in the making. Maidstone did it again. I'm so glad we adopted them a couple, three weeks ago. They keep on winning. Got a 1-2 win on the road against a very good level to championship side in Ipswich Town. Match number five, Sunday from the Greek Super League, number one, PAOK, took on number B, Panathinaikos, and it was PAOK getting their home turf defended two to one for them. The singularly named Taysan had a two assists, and Panathinaikos got that down to number three. Match number six from Italy's Serie A. We had number B Inter going on the road and defeating number four, Fiorentina, no one. That put Inter up into first place of course, as we talked about, I believe, earlier. And Fiorentina are now down in sixth place and out of the Champions League berth slots for the moment. Match number seven from the French League One. Number one, PSG took on number three, Brest. I uh, didn't mention it on the show, but PSG, I really liked the numbers and the lineup and the formations and everything for this. The lack of history for Brest. And Brest came back to get a draw after being down 2-0. Congratulations to them. Uh, (laughs) Sadness for my wallet. 
Charlotte. Uh, no change in the table by, there, by the way. Monday, match number eight from the women's side in Italy, Serie A. Their number B, Juventus, took on number three, Fiorentina. They played to a 2-2 draw. No change in the table there. Match number nine was a Tuesday match from the Women's Champions League in Europe. Number three, Bayern Munich took on the aforementioned number one, PSG. They, too, played to a 2 Two draw, no change in that group table there either. Match number 10 from the AFC Asian Cup, round of 16, Uzbekistan versus Thailand. Uzbekistan moved on 2 to 1. For Thailand, guy we said to look out for and whose first name I love, Supachai. Supachai Chaya did. He had an assist. And now your bonus matches with explanations coming later. You're out of the week with a Saturday match from the Premier League in Botswana. Number 15, last place, Nico United took on number one township rollers and got a point. Maybe they parked the bus. I don't know but they got a nil-nil draw somehow. No change in the table there, though. And your most meaningless match in the world was a Wednesday match from Guadalupe. The top fly there, the Division of Honor, number nine, La Galois versus number seven, uh, Juness Evolution. And it was Juness getting the road win one to three. That moved them up to number six. La Galois down to number 10. They may not be smack dab in the middle anymore, but they're still meaningless to me. And finally, your matchup disappointed the worst two from San Marino's championship. The top flight there played on Sunday. Number 16, last place, Penarosa versus number 15, San Marino Academy. Their U22 team uh, nationally. And the result, the Academy kids got a nil one win, and that moved them up to number 14. And that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's jump back into the upcoming week's match previews with... Match number six. All right, match number six, we take a sort of break from the soccer, but I'll tell you a little bit about a great matchup there first before I let Person Noob sort of take over. Uh, we're headed to Spain, La Liga, which is the second-ranked league in all of Europe. They're a little over halfway through the season there, and we've got a derby, the Madrid derby, number one, Real, taking on number three, Atletico Madrid. Uh, Real, they lead, uh, I don't still don't know if it's a hard or a soft G, Girona, Girona, I think it's Girona, by two points. And then Atletico Madrid, they lead number five, Atletico Bilbao, by five points. And the reason that that is substantial, that I'm looking specifically at third and fifth, is because, uh, just in case you happen to be new, the top four will all get to go on to the Champions League. So finishing there is a really big deal. So we've kind of got two separate races within the top five. Two that are competing for the title, and then three that are trying to compete for two of those Champions League bursts. When they played earlier this season at Atletico, they won 3-1. to one. Series between these two, Real Madrid have been fairly dominant over the last decade or so. 21-14-13 and 13 is the record. And you can catch this one on ESPN Plus, the Plocho, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here in the U.S. But that is all you'll get to know about this particular one, unless you Google stuff up on your own, because now it is time for Person Noobs. Aminals, aminals, aminals from around the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that we, you, you always disagree, but I love that we don't have a really established melody for that. I think it's wondrous. What do you think? It's beautiful. It is. And so is this animal we're going to look at. So what uh, what animal from Spain that is endangered, a topic near and dear to you, Heart, did you pick? The Greek tortoise. Wait a minute. We're in Spain. Two. And you picked a Greek tortoise? It's from Spain. Well, a Greek Greek means Greece. You know that, right? Yes. Okay. Well, tell tell me about uh, tell me about where it's from then, because it's probably from a wider geographic range than I'm thinking of. 
The geographic range of this animal is North Africa, Southern Europe, and Southwest Asia. It's also um, prevalent in the Black Sea coast of the Caucasus. Yeah, that's um, close enough, Caucasus. Yeah. <laughs> As if I didn't have it right in front of me, too. We got our notes together here, and that's fine. All right, tell me some more about the Creek uh, tortoise. What are some of the basics? Um, commonly called a testudo gracia. Mm -hmm, yeah, sounds like the Latin. Okay. And uh, it's also called a, a spur-thighed tortoise. Oh, that sounds kind of kinky. Yeah, we want. We're going to try to keep this family friendly. I don't even know really what that means that it's spur-thighed, but yeah, we won't go that direction. All right, tell me some more. All right, all right. It is um, one of five species um, of the Mediterranean tortoise. Um, there are about a dozen subspecies of this animal. Um, and, and that's because, um, if how, that's because of how far apart and somewhat separated its habitats are. Yeah, I was looking on the map too. It's got a very disparate, uh, geographic range, mostly east-west as opposed to north-south. That must be for climate temperature purposes, but a lot of the areas aren't even uh, adjacent either because they're separated by, you know, the Mediterranean Sea or uh, mountain ranges. So they probably uh, evolved to be very different from one another as we would measure such things. All right. Now, I know that uh, like Galap Galapagos Islands tortoises can live a long time. How long can these live? These can live up to 125 years. Wow. And actually, I did also read that there are undocumented cases of them maybe uh, being thought to live upwards of 200 years. That would be incredible. Although my back feels like it's about 90 now, so if I made it to 200, I can't even imagine the pain. You'd have to take care of me. My back feels like a back. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, now one of the turtles, or tortoises, I should say, that this is most commonly confused with, the most similar looking uh, other species of Mediterranean one is called the Hermans tortoise. Herman with two N's is a last name. Somebody who discovered it or named it or something like that. What are some of the key features of this tortoise, the Greek tortoise, that make it different from the Herman's tortoise? All right. So it has large scales on its front legs. Yep. The Herman has uh, the same large scales, but on the back legs. Yep. And it has an an undivided carapace. Mm -hmm. Yep, the Herman's tortoise, the carapace is in an, uh, several different pieces, or at least two. Mm -hmm. And its shell is somewhat oblong and rectangular. Okay, yep, the Herman's tortoise has more of an ovular shape. Yep, and, and has um, widely stretched spinal plates. Yep, so the big pieces of the carapace, whereas on a Herman's tortoise, they're somewhat smaller. So now, knowing what a basic tortoise looks like, uh, you know, listener, you can kind of envision what this looks like in particular. Now, uh, I read something really interesting. I decided to include it in the notes to see how bad it grossed you out because you're 11. Uh, we're not going to get deep into the woods. It's a family-oriented uh, program, but I did read one thing in uh, about this when it comes to, let's just call it boyfriends and girlfriends. So go ahead and tell them what we found. Um, is this one of boy wants a girlfriend, it rams into it and bites its legs? <laughs> yeah. Um? If a boy ever does that to you at middle school, he's troubled. And he's in trouble. I'll tell you that much. You don't have any boys or tortoises that are into you, do you? No. 
is anybody at school just randomly you know, biting your appendages or ramming into you? Well, you're in middle school. Everybody runs into everybody, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much even in a smaller school. All right, now we didn't find much when it came to, when it came to threats and as far as why these guys are endangered in some areas. But what's the one thing that we did find? All right, um, uh, one thing we found is that um, the th uh, threat is that it's commonly traded as a pet in in source countries such as Morocco and Spain, despite the illegality of the trade. Yep, it's illegal to do that. So, and uh, another thing that I'll add on to this is that when these people are catching them, they don't understand uh, just how delicate um, and specific the environments are. So a lot of these tortoises that are captured and that they want to turn into pets, there's a high mortality rate. A lot of them don't make it because the people who catch them don't know how to take care of them, which is weird because if you're doing that for your business, illegal or not, you'd think you would have that figured out, right? All right, so now comes our favorite part, perhaps, at least my favorite part. You haven't looked at these yet, where we get to look at pictures of the baby endangered animals. There's baby Greek tortoises. They're so cute. Oh, what's this very first one? It's What's it on? Tell, Describe to the listeners what you're seeing. It's on a little watermelon. Yeah, and uh, what would you say? The little tortoise is only taking up about a, an eighth of that piece of water, that slice of watermelon. It's about a one-third of a round cross-section slice of watermelon, and there's three of them, and one of them's on the watermelon, and he is really cute. Oh, and look, here's another one in somebody's hands. That's so small. I know. Look, it only covers, like, parts of two of the fingers there. He's so cute. Yeah, there's a baby tortoise. Oh, what's... There's another one. I can't quite tell what's going on. Oh, is it on its back? Yeah, the underside looks really weird. It looks kind of like jelloey and mushy. Yeah, that's kind of gross. I don't want to look at that one. And there they are, eating leaves of some kind, probably spinach. Spinach is fine to feed your Greek tortoise, but you shouldn't be feed a basic lettuce because it'll fill up and get very, very few nutrients from that. So that's one of the ways that you can keep your Greek tortoise alive should it be legal to have one in your area. Or if you're an illegal turtle poacher, tortoise poacher, please don't feed the darn thing lettuce because it won't keep it alive very well. Not enough nutrients. We're getting a Greek tortoise now. <laughs> We're getting one. Are, are you done negotiating for a dog to go along with our two cats? I'm not negotiating for a dog anymore. I'm negotiating with a turtle. Okay. Well, here, turtle. Oh, look at this. Here are four of them, all with different kinds of markings. I wonder if those are the same species. It says they're Greek. We're but getting they, four Greek turtles. Four great turtles because they can like all eight. fit literally in the palm of your hand if We're your palm is at least that turtles. size. Eight, like in 20. this picture. We're getting like twenty. We're getting yeah. So okay, so if you have access to tortoises legally or illegally, you can find us at SoccerNewUSA. Please donate on X slash Twitter. Please donate to the children. What children? Me. <laughs> oh, donate to you, the children. Donate to the. Donate to a poor child. We're getting in trouble here. And this was animals from around the world. You're not getting a tortoise. Donate to the children. Match number seven. It's a big European week here on the show. We slide a little bit further down the coefficient table this time as we leave the weekend and head into Monday for a match from the Premier League in 
Israel, yeah, they got kicked out of the AFC back in 1974. Have been playing "quote unquote" European ball ever since. They are the 16th ranked league within UEFA. They get one team to the Champions League, and they have to start all the way back in the first qualifying round. There are two teams that will go to the Europa Conference League. Will get to start one round later than that. They're about three quarters of the way through the regular season. That's before they divide more or less in half into championship and relegation uh, divisions or groups, if you will. Your matchup, neither of these teams is looking to go into that relegation zone. Number B, uh, Maccabi Haifa versus number one, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, Tel Aviv, they currently lead Haifa by four points in the table. So a win here on the road would really, really set this race up to uh, not be as dramatic as it could be otherwise. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Haifa, they lead number three, Hapoel Haifa, by five points in the table. Uh, Haifa won when they won earlier this season on the road, uh, nil one. Series between these two in recent years has been uh, largely MTA, though. Tel Aviv have accrued a 28, 15, and 14 record. All right, Maccabi Haifa, they are known as simply the Greens, although more specifically, they are the Greens from Carmel, named after the mountain by that name in the area. Uh, Haifa is a working class city, the big industrial city of the nation. There's an expression that says uh, uh, Haifa works, Jerusalem Jerusalem praise and Tel Aviv plays. So this is your blue collar city. Uh, by the way, if you're uh, curious, uh, Maccabi and Hapoel, what those means, those are sort of like sporting societies. They don't, uh, it's more than a club. We don't really have an equivalent here over in, in the in North America, I don't think. It's a really interesting phenomenon. Their symbol, by the way, if you ever look it up, is a reference uh, to the Star of David quite directly. Haifa, they are one of the big four in this league and have won the second most league titles of all time, 15 of them, and they are your three-time defending champions. Three different times they have made the Champions League group stage, including last year. Best overall international finish, though, was in the Europa League round of 16. They made it that far in 2006-2007. This year, number one offense and defense going. Offense, particularly impressive, two and a quarter goals per match. To that end, the second best league score is theirs to boast of, with 10, that is Franz de uh, Pierrot from Haiti. He is a striker of them. Yeah, we get a little CONCACAF connection there. He was with the Colorado Rapids for a while, but I don't think he made any appearances or at least senior team appearances. And we have also got another USA connection, uh, Kenny Sayef, their left midfielder. Uh, his family returned to Israel when he was just three years old, but he was born here and is USMNT eligible. He made two Israeli national team appearances in 2006. 16. Then he switched over, which you can do once because uh, he's eligible for the USMNT. And he made four appearances for them between 2017 and 18. Team's current form, a 2-1 loss at number Hapoel Be'er Sheva snapped a 13-match league unbeaten streak for them. And now Tel Aviv, they're known as the Yellows. They have won 23 league titles. That, of course, is the most. Last one was right before their opponents today started their streak, 2019-20. Twice they've been to the Champions League group stage. Last time was 2015-16. Twice they've also been to the Europa League round of 32, including very recently 2020-21. 
Last year, they finished in third place. This year, second best offense going. Number one, de- or tied for number one defense, I should say. So could we expect a low-scoring affair here? Not sure. Team's number one score with 11, that is Aaron Zahavi. He is their striker, a veteran, 36 years old, who, yeah, Netherlands fans, Aaron Dufusier, he was with PSV Eindhoven. Team's current form, they've got a six-match unbeaten streak going and haven't conceded a goal in their last four. Match number eight. All right, fine. Have Tuesdays off after all that tracking, you lazy so-and-sos. <laughs> Our next match is going to be on Wednesday. We're going to go minnow watching. Normally, that means we're looking at the FA Cup or the big knockout tournament over in England, but they're more or less off this particular week. So we're going to look at a great one from the Coupe de France. They are in their round of 16. The winners of this event get to go to the Europa League and start in the league stage. Your matchup is A.S. Saint-Priest versus Valenciennes. You can catch this on BN Sports at 2.30 Eastern Time here in the States. We'll start by talking about Assant Priest. Uh, they are named for uh, the town of the same name. It's actually a suburb of Lyon, and it's the fourth biggest one over there. They've got maybe 50,000 people. They've got some crazy-looking fish on their crest, red and black. Uh, I won't categorize this nightmare fuel, but I can't say I'm a fan. Anyway, they are the lowest-seeded team left. They are from the fifth-tier Championnat National 3. Uh, they were a league higher than that last year, but did very poorly and got demoted, but Boy, apparently they saved up for this event. Uh, just to let you know, uh, the Championnat National 3 is a huge uh, regional league. It's got 11 groups of 14 clubs each. Currently, this team is in second place in their group, Group K. They've got And they've got a match in hand on number one, Lyon La Duchère. And they only trail them even by a point. So they might be moving back up. They've got the number one defense going in that league, getting almost two and a quarter goals per match, and the top defense only giving up a little over two-thirds of a goal on match per average. Now, how that translates when you're playing a team that's as high up as Valenciennes is in the French pyramid, well, for that, we have to wait and see. They had to enter the Coupe de France in the sixth qualifying round, which is the last round right before the event proper started. They advanced last round over a Tier 4 side. That was S.O. Romorantin 4-1. That was the first club from a league that was specifically above them that they've had to face so far. So they've been a little bit fortunate, let's just say. I'm not going to say undeserving, but they've been <clears throat> they cannot complain about the draws they've been getting. And now Valencia, they're a League Two team and are known as the Athenians. A little bit of quick looking around my usual sources did not tell me why. They, I can tell you that it is a city in the north central part of the country, has maybe 50,000 people. Uh, in 2005, if you are a, a news buff, you might remember that a local resident from there, Isabel Dinoir, she became the first person in the world ever to have a partial face transplant. You remember that one? Yeah, scary. Um, this club, by the way, is owned by the same one that owns Southampton in the Premier League. So if you're a Southampton fan, then, well, maybe you already know about Valencia and then in the connection, but here's a team to root for. Again, they are in League Two, and they have won that a couple of times, most recently 2006. Coupe de France, their best ever finish. Uh, they were runners-up in 1951. They entered at round seven, which was four rounds ago, in the first round of the event proper. They advanced to this round, last round, over a fellow League Two side, Paris FC, 2-1. to one. Currently, 
This club is in last place in League Two. They might be dropping down to the championnat nacional themselves, the third tier. They've got the worst offense going by a lot, not even averaging two-thirds of a goal per match on average. And they've got the worst goal differential. A uh, player to look for if you find a feed on this one. Team MVP is Ayman Botutau. He is a right winger for them, Frenchman, 22 years old. Now, as poorly as Valencian are doing, unless you're a far greater gambling expert than I happen to be so far, a Tier 2 team versus a Tier 5 team, I would leave it alone. You're just going to have to lay so much money to make anything on the Tier 2 team. You know, put two bits on uh, St. Pierre if you're a Southampton fan, I suppose. Or no, I'm sorry, that's the uh, Valenciennes team. But yeah, if you want to do that with the underdog, you know, feel free. Match number nine. Another Wednesday match brings us to our side of the pond, the CONCACAF Champions Cup, formerly the CONCACAF Champions League. They are getting ready to start their first round, and this is going to be the first leg of the home-and-away two-legged tie. For newer listeners, that means each pair of teams this round will play each other home-and-away. They'll add up the scores and see how things turn out and who's going to get to advance. 22 teams are entering at this round. Five more teams are awaiting them in the next round that earned buys by having even better league finishes last year. Your matchup is Forge out of Canada versus Guadalajara Chivas out of Liga MX in Mexico. The winners will get either Club de America out of Mexico or Real Esteli out of Nicaragua. You can catch this one on the streaming service VIX at 8 o'clock Eastern Time in the U.S. But since this is the first leg of the home and away two-legged tie and this is the time of show where noobs tummy starts to get a little rumbly, it's time to take a culture break and that means food. Forge are out of Hamilton, Ontario. Let's find a recipe from there that we can salivate over. And now your sandwich, quite simply, it is the Lumberjack. It's got maple syrup on it. Too sticky sweet for me, but might be just perfect for you. Oh, or if you give me enough wet naps, you know, then I'll have a shot at it. But this thing features bacon, a Granny Smith apple, and medium-aged cheddar as well, and it really exemplifies Hamilton's love of hearty, meaty foods, according to the truck order. Because uh, once you get into some of the bigger cities in that region, you get uh, kind of fancier cuisine, and you'll get stuff that maybe is not quite as... I don't want to equate hearty and blue-collar, but that is kind of the nature of Hamilton and the steel industry, so so it just sort of, I'm making that connection between these two, but that lumberjack sandwich is immensely popular. One of the few things that I think that Hamiltonians can say that food wise is specifically theirs. So Google yourself up a specific recipe if you need to you know the types of breads and the amounts of various things, but be sure to try as soon as you can the gorilla cheese, a lumberjack sandwich. And match number 10, we're done. Finally. Oh, boo-hoo, child, it's been worth a while. But yes, finally, match number 10. But don't forget, we still get our three super cool bonus matches yet to come. We flip the calendar page to Thursday, the last day of our soccer week, for one from the OFC Champions League. That's the Oceania Football Confederation, the smallest of all of them. Their Champions League, they have a playoff round. Here's the format. They've got 11 leagues. The top two from each of the t the top two clubs from each of the top seven leagues uh, will have a playoff round. The top two finishers in each of those leagues play off to see who's going to go to the Champions League group stage. And by the way, the other four lesser leagues they have a single round robin tournament between the four of them, and the winner and only the winner will get to advance to the round uh, to the uh, group stage proper. 
Your matchup, it comes out of Fiji, number B this last year, Rewa taking on number one, Lautoka. Uh, the Fiji National League is uh, considered to be fourth best in the OFC. Lautoka won the league by seven points over Rewa. Rewa beat out number three, Suva, another giant from over there, by four points for the second spot. The two times they played earlier this season, Alatoka only managed a 1-1 draw at their place, or on the road, I should say, but got a 2-1 win at home. Rewa, they are known as the Delta Tigers. They get to host the first one because as the league winners, they will get the advantage of hosting the second leg of this home and away, two-legged tie to determine who moves on. The Delta Tigers play out of the city of Nasori, which is the fourth biggest one in the island country. About 60,000 people. It's only maybe about a dozen miles from the capital city of Suva. Rewa, if you're curious, is the name of the province. They've won one league title ever, and that was uh, two years ago. Uh, they lost that year to Sua in the OFC National Playoff, just like they are in this year. This year in league play, they were pretty well balanced. Number three offense, number two defense, giving up less than a goal per match, second best goal differential. Team's current form, uh, they finished the regular season in November and not on a very good streak. They were 0-2-3 in their last five and didn't keep a clean sheet in their last six. Here's the hoping for their sake that a little bit of time off has allowed them to shore that up. And now Latoka, that is the second biggest city in the country, after which the club is named, uh, well over 70,000 people, and is nicknamed Sugar City. And uh, it's on the middle of the uh, region called the Western Division on the island of Viti Levu. Um, the name of the club and city Latoka is said to come from a word that basically means bullseye, translates more specifically to spear hit, comes from a story of two chiefs dueling each other with spears and what got the other. That was uh, what he yelled. Uh, they've won seven league titles, four of them since 2017. These are your current giants along with Suva, actually. 2018, they finished in second place in the OFC Champions League. That is a really good run. Look into their crest. It's a strange one. I've mentioned it before. I think that these uh, green lines uh, coming out of the soccer ball are supposed to be the outlines of trees or mountains uh, to either side of the crest center, but really they just look like giant spider legs. Ugh, don't like it. Footy-wise, though, they had the number one offense in the league by miles, two and three quarters goals per match. Defense was only a little bit above average. They had the top goal differential Overall, by a factor of two, teams current form 2-0-1 in their last three. Bring forth the bonus matches! And your first one is a first versus last place match my daughter dramatically calls the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, week, week. And the Premier League of Grenada in the Caribbean. Yes, Grenada for the city in Spain, Grenada for the uh, country or territory in the Caribbean. The winners of this league go to the CONCACAF Caribbean Shield Tournament. One team is going to get relegated. One team will fight for their lives out of the 10 in a relegation playout match at the end of the regular season. This is the last match of a very strangely formatted season. They play well under uh, a double round robin. Your matchup, number 10, Happy Hill versus number one, Paradise. 
Vegas. Oh, such smiley names for them. Happy Hill. Uh, they currently trail number nine Sunsetters by four points and number eight SAB Spartans by 11 points. Oh, yes, they will not be able to make it to a point of true safety. It looks like that uh, RPO match is the best they could possibly hope for. And this is going to be a tough road to hope. Meanwhile, at the top of the table, Paradise, they lead number two Queens Park Rangers by six points. And I am now seeing that the match has been postponed. So you know what? We're going to save learning some particulars about the two clubs for another time when they get this rescheduled. But now you're at least a little bit more familiar with a race in a country that you may not have uh, been familiar with at all before. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. Not only is nobody else likely talking about him much, who else would be celebrating them in song? Team smack dab in the middle of their table. This is the most meaningless match in the world. And it's a Thursday match, so it's not postponed like the other one, at least not yet. We're headed to Hungary for the NB1. The N and the B are uh, standing for Hungarian words to translate to national championship. If I had person noob uh, here with me at the moment, I would make her try to pronounce it. She did so well with that Chajik name uh, from earlier in the show, but I'm I'm not going to give it a try. What I can tell you is that this is the 23rd ranked league in all of Europe, a little bit above average. So they'll send their winners to the Champions League first qualifying round and two teams to the Europa Conference League second qualifying round. On the other end of the table, two of their 12 will get relegated. These two teams, they can figuratively kick back and relax. I mean, they still have to play, obviously. That's why figuratively. They're about halfway through their triple round robin season. Your matchup is number eight, Kex Committee versus number seven, Just Gyori. Just Gyori, they trail number three, Ferovar, by five points in the table, and they lead Kexmedi by four points. Kexmedi, meanwhile, they lead number 11, uh, Mesokovic, by six points. So not tons of points between either of the teams in the top and bottom, and yet enough points that they're probably not going to have to worry about it because there's teams that got to leapfrog or slide past, respectively. Series between these two has been pretty even the last couple three seasons. Just Gori have accrued a 4-4-3 and record, and they won earlier this season 3-1 convincingly at their place. All right, Kekshmedi. That city name is Hungarian for Goat Pass, but now the city has well over 100,000 people. It's in the uh, central part of the country, maybe a little bit east of the geographic center, number eight in sides. A lot of manufacturing here, especially automobiles and automobile parts. Footy-wise, their claim to fame, they won the 2010-2011 FA Cup. That put them in the Europa Conference League, or excuse me, the Europa League the following year. They got to participate in the second qualifying round. Last year, they were league runners up, and they had just been promoted back to the top flight. So, wow, what a jump. 2015-16, they started their climb all the way back from the county level, which I believe is at least down to Tier 4 and maybe even lower. Uh, They have been uh, relegated multiple levels because of financial reasons. Uh, They're pretty average all the way around. Uh, Number 7 offense, number 8 defense. They do have one really good score. He's in the top 10. and that uh, He's got a half dozen goals, and it's Christopher uh, K. R-I-S-Z-T-O-F-E-R Horvath, their 22-year-old striker. Youngster was sent over here to get some starting experience from Torino in Serie A. Team's current form, not that great. 0-2-2 in their last four. Really struggling on defense with a 5-9 against goal differential. 
And now just Gory. Uh, that was a town. It is now a district in the city that grew up around it and absorbed it called, I'm going to say Miss Kolch, M-I-S-K-O-L-C. That is in the northeast part of the country, city of about 150,000. Dishgori, the name of the district, means walnut ring. Walnut trees are very abundant there. The ring part is a little bit less certain why that's part of it. Might have to do with the castle shape. Uh, certainly it is particularly round, and it is a very famous, even as castles go, one for this area. Kings and queens have been using this for rest and relaxation for centuries. This is also a very heavily industrial town. Last year, they were in the second division and won it. And in fact, they have won that league six different times. Seems to be uh, their best level. Uh, their offense is actually above average. They're getting over one and a half goals per game, but they're struggling on defense. They've got the fifth best overall goal differential. I think that this team might climb a couple of notches, but I don't think they're going to get to European competition. Team leading scorer with five is Rudy Vankas, a Slovenian attacking midfielder. Team's current form, they've had two straight league draws plus two other draws mixed in there that were with friendlies during their winter break. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, now it's time for your final match between two last place. Sazak, bottom feeders. This is the fresh hell that is the match of... And Kevin Sorbo would know. Appropriately, this is a Monday match. We're headed to the lovely nation, though, of Cyprus for a match out of their first division. This is the 22nd ranked league in UEFA. Three of the 14 teams are going to get relegated. We're not even going to talk about which ones are going to competition in Europe uh, because these teams don't have to worry about it, quite frankly. They're just a few matches away from their regular season or first phase being done before the league divides more or less into half into championship and relegation rounds. Your matchup is number 13, Othelos Athienou. I think I might be getting that right. A-T-H-I-E-N-O-U versus number 14, Doxa Catacopia. Uh, Doxa, they trail uh, Othelos by two points. Othelos in turn trail number 11. That's the point of safety to be reached. A-E-Z or Ayaz Zakakiu by one point. Othelos uh, lost earlier, or excuse me, they won earlier this season on the road nil Two, as bad as they are, uh, Docs are just having an absolutely dismal season. Series between these two, uh, Docs have actually had the better of it with a 4 2 and 2 record. Don't have a lot for you on Othellus, but I will say it's a really cool name in that it was named after the Shakespearean play because this is said to have been part of the setting for it. The crest, however, I wish it, you know, paid more heed to that. Instead, they have a two-headed, uh, I'm not sure if it's a duck or a goose based on the bill. Uh, it's very strange and not intimidating at all. Now, I will say Athianu is a very interesting town currently. It's one of just four towns in the United Nations designated demilitarized zone. Yeah, there is a, a swath just like there is in Korea. Not that anybody lives between North and South Korea, I don't think. Uh, that is between uh, the invaders from 50 years ago, roughly, of northern Turkey that now occupy what most people don't recognize uh, internationally as northern Cyprus and the rest of Cyprus. It's got about a 6,500 
population. Last year, they were in the second division, and they won that. So here they are, about to go back down, most likely. Uh, the offense, uh, it's, it's bad. They're getting well under a goal per match. The defense could save them. I wouldn't count on it. They're number 10 in that regard, giving up two goals per match. Teams current form, five straight losses with just a brutal four against 18 goal differential. So much for that defense buoying them up. It has been on the schneid. And now Doxa, Catacopia, uh, that is a village of, I believe, under 1,000 people uh, in the uh, Nicosia district. Looks like they actually play in the district or town of Peristerona in that district. Nicosia, you see, is a divided capital city. So for somebody who's not from there like me, it's all a little bit confusing. By the way, Doxa actually means uh, glory, I presume, in uh, Cypriot Greek. They've been a yo-yo club going up and down every three or four years on average since 1998. Last year, they finished in 11th place, not missing relegation by much. <laughs> they won't miss out this year. They've got the worst offense going, giving up, or excuse me, getting less than two-thirds of a goal on average per match and have the worst defense going, giving up almost two and a quarter worst goal differential by almost 50 cents. Do we need to bring Kevin Sorbo back and say disappointed again? Because this team is very disappointing. In any case, teams current form 1-0-3 in their last four. Somehow they got a road. A Northosis fell asleep on them, or a Northosis, I want to get that right, and uh, allowed Doxa to get a nil to win on the road there. And uh, a Northosis are in fifth place. So that was really stunning. But nevertheless, uh, we give credit where it's due and we heckle where that is due. And so we will shoo these two teams away rather than wish them good luck or good fortune in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Hey, boo. boo. And that'll do it for episode 173 of Soccer Noob Rocket America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry. To Dan, the former Interno Inferno, whose creative efforts and inspirations as always remain on fire. To my daughter, Person Noob, glad I was able to wrestle you away from your middle school life and have you help us with a good chunk of the podcast there. Always love what you bring to contribute. And thank you for finding us, tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it, found it unique, and that you'll consider passing us along to your footy-minded friends. So, until we can do it again in a few days, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.